Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Gray. What if you could allow students to learn at their own pace from anywhere, and what if it was high-caliber, top-notch education that could be utilized in and outside of the classroom for an entirely flexible instructional plan? This is what online learning has brought to the education landscape, and it's changing the way educators and administrators think, plan, and carry out their work. It has also changed the way learners acquire and retain knowledge. There is a nonprofit organization focused on bringing free, world-class education to a virtual global classroom. Founded by Sal Khan in 2008, Khan Academy offers support in math, science, computer programming, history, art history, and economics in addition to other curricula. Our conversation in this episode will offer perspectives from Khan Academy and how they are supporting students and schools alike, and also provide the viewpoint of a school district benefiting from their programs. Today I'm here with two guests who are going to be talking about online learning support and its place in public education. My guests are Jason Hovey, Director of School Partnerships for Khan Academy, and Dr. David Ba, Superintendent of Schools for the Centennial School District. Welcome, Jason. Welcome, Dr. Ba. Thank you. Great to be here. Appreciate you having us. Great. Fantastic to be here. Thank you. So thanks for being here and talking about something that is obviously the general topic of online learning, online learning support and resources, big topic that's out there. So for listeners who might be unfamiliar with Khan Academy specifically, Jason, I wonder if you'd start by giving us a picture of how it came to be, um, what need it was created to serve or what the catalyst was, and then what the benefits can be to school districts. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Khan Academy's been a, uh, around for a while now. It was actually founded uh, over 10 years ago by Sal Khan, who's our founder, and mm-hmm. he basically recognized that his niece, who was in another city, um, was scoring pretty poor, poorly on her uh, math tests okay. and was having a real time, real hard time finding resources that would help her uh, become better and more proficient at math. So what Sal did is basically jumped online and started tutoring her um, uh, on how to be better at math and subsequently raised her scores, uh, called into the school actually as a, was he called it, a tiger uncle, uh, and asked if oh, she could take the, te- take the test again and she improved. Um, and so word got out within his family that he was this incredible tutor. So he started getting asked uh, from other family members if he could you know, tutor those students as well. So what he did is he began recording videos that made it easy for him to capture um, you know, teaching around these topics. Mm-hmm. And long story short, it began to spread virally, took off on YouTube. Uh, and you know, 10 years later, it's a massive business where we're you know, serving millions of students across uh, the world. Um, the benefit for school districts, you know, state school boards, I always like to cut to the punchline, which is we're absolutely free. And as I tell David, wow. I can't go any lower than that. That's right. the best price I can do. <laughs> um, but everything we do for schools and teachers and school districts is totally free. Wow. Um, and so what it provides is really a differentiated, personalized learning platform for students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hard part of education is when uh, you're dealing with a class of students, they're all at different levels. So you may have a third of your class is below grade level, a third is on grade level, and a third is advanced. Mm-hmm. Meeting the needs of all those kids in one fashion uh, is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So what Khan does is provide a platform that has, um, you know, measures where they are, assesses where they are, and then provides differentiated, personalized learning for them in various subjects. Obviously, math is what we're best known for, but we've moved well beyond that. We're a full curriculum, essentially, in math, K through 12, but we also have um, standards and AP-aligned content in humanities, okay. um, science, 
Um, so things like chemistry, physics, uh, AP U.S. history, AP um, government and politics. So it's a pretty broad uh, content set of subjects across grade level and again totally free for all students to use. And that what we've concentrated on over the past few years is rolling out a suite of tools for teachers. Okay. It really allows them to engage with their students yeah. uh, and then assign and target particular skills or standards depending on where their students are. So it really frees teachers up, gives them instant, instant assessment of where students stand within any, any given subject, but then also allows them to intervene down to the skill level to really okay. reinforce, even remediate um, with students. And the platform is really sort of self-paced at times, so even those students that are well ahead, they can, they can progress. Okay. So they can always feel challenged going a grade level ahead, a subject ahead, ahead and do that in a self-paced uh, self manner if they want. Uh, again, everything we do is really focused on the teacher though. The teacher is central to what we do, and our platform is really about providing information, tools, and services so the teachers can engage with their students. Okay. So You've touched on some of this already, but I'm going to ask how online learning has changed the education landscape. How has it changed things for the students? And you've touched on this a little bit. Yeah. And how has it changed things for the educators and the school leaders? Yeah, I think, it, if, you know, again, Khan is an online platform, so you have to have online yes. access. So there's always that technology issue that's out there. And so um, schools that don't have online access, that is a, an issue or problem for us. The, just one of the things that's nice is everything we do is mobile friendly as well. So even districts mm -hmm. we find that may not have one-to-one -one or laptops for the students. Mm -hmm. A lot of those students actually might have smart devices at home because the proliferation is so great. Anything teachers can assign to students, they can do on their smartphones. So what I like to tell districts is if your students are Snapchatting, they can't tell you they can't do Khan Academy, which is very nice. Very true. <laughs> um, the beauty of technology is that it, you know, it allows us to be very instantaneous in our assessment and prescription for students, right? So okay. because our, we have a technology platform that's online, we can instantly assess where students are and deliver that information real time back to teachers. And really learning, if you think about math, which, which is we have a mastery-based system, it's a dynamic process, right? Just because a student has mastered a skill in September doesn't mean that they're going to have that mastered four or five weeks later. Mm -hmm. Our platform really provides the information to the teacher to let them know where that student stands. And then it also allows them to basically target interventions. And so that, that technology piece, that online piece, puts a lot of power and in instant information at the hands of teachers and allows them to intervene uh, um, using those platforms, which is, which is always nice. Okay. So I'm going to jump over to you, Dr. Ba, and ask how it, the implementation of these programs from Khan Academy and how you have begun working together, how has this changed things for your schools? Well, Khan is, um, Jason touched on a couple of things. And first mm -hmm. of all, you know, one of the really neat things about Khan Academy is it's free and, you know, we're willing to pay twice that. So we're, we're happy oh, to hang in there and double what we're paying <laughs> for Khan Academy. David's yeah. ready to pay. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know we were going there. I was doing the two times zero equals zero thing. Um, but, uh, you know, that, which is also what we pay our school board members. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I keep doubling their salary, too. But anyway, uh, so the point is for the open education resources is it allows us to really meet the needs of the individual students. So if a teacher has 25 kids and... Oftentimes, they'll be at 25 different places. Sure. But with Khan, we're able to meet them where they are and then take them forward. So it's really robust, especially in mathematics, but mm -hmm. you know, we're starting to use it in other uh, courses. You know, we use it in our AP offerings in our high school. We use it mm -hmm. for our SAT prep courses, which have been huge and has changed which colleges and universities are available to our kids. 
So one of the great benefits of public education is that it's free to the families, and right? And so Khan aligns with that and is blind. And it's blind in the sense that it doesn't look at where you live, how much money you have, it doesn't care. Um, and we're able to make a huge difference in the lives of our kids, of our English language learners, who are some are uh, uh, benefiting hugely from working on our con platform. Mm, fantastic. Um, you know, our, our, our gender differences are, you know, there aren't any on con. Everybody's growing. Um, poverty levels aren't a huge factor for us because we built a system in our district where kids have access to the technology to be successful. So they can get online, they can do homework with Khan or through Khan. Mm -hmm. We're working with our teachers. You know, at the end of the day, no matter what program you use, you're only as good as your teachers. So we're developing our capacity to use Khan effectively, if Absolutely. that makes sense. It does, and you've kind of uh, organically nicely transitioned in the to into the topic of equity. So you talked about it being blind, the technology. It's not assessing based on any criteria. Right. So how do you feel like that the biggest benefit of online learning felt by the school districts is it felt mostly in the areas that are underserved and under-resourced or is there also significant benefits to well-supported uh, you know districts and populations as well? How does that look or does it look different at all? So we're, we're a pretty middle, middle, middle of the road school district. Mm -hmm. So we have intense poverty. Mm -hmm. Four out of 10 kids are free and reduced lunch, but that mm -hmm. means six out of 10 kids aren't. Right. Um, we're finding it doesn't matter whether you're poor or, or middle class, or mm -hmm. even you know maybe upper middle class. We have uh, some pockets of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you put in 30 minutes of work on con per week, you'll get a significant, statistically significant growth if you're in the elementary school okay. or even the middle school. Mm -hmm. and, and it's actually, we're getting even better results in middle school, hmm. but it's contingent upon 30 minutes of work, of work, right? So if mm -hmm. the kids do the work, right. they're gonna grow a statistically significant amount. And you know the work that we've done in Centennial with over 1,400 students uh, allows us to say that with high level of comfort and security. So, okay. and, and, it, and uh, Jason's team at Khan uh, evaluated our data. I mean, we were going, hey, this looks really exciting and is, we think it's really impressive. Right. And then they took a look at it and independently um, evaluated our data and okay. it holds true. So whether you're a poor kid, a, a, a person of color, uh, new to speaking English, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. We're making a difference in your life. Special ed, doesn't matter. Okay. We're getting significant growth through the online learning platform su supporting, supplementing our curriculum. So from an um, equity perspective, it's probably the biggest tool in our toolbox at the moment. That's a big statement. Yeah, and this is pretty consistent we see with most of the districts we work with. Um, I'll Great. just do one more data point, our SAT practice. So it's, we're the official partner okay. of College Board for the SAT practice platform. Mm -hmm. Students come in, put in their PSAT scores or their previous SAT score. Um, those that study for 20 hours mm -hmm. are seeing a 115-point jump across the board in their SAT scores, which is phenomenal. It's the difference between getting into college or not or getting your REACH score. Those scores are across socioeconomic, all demographics. Okay. So it's really no, it's not just rich students coming in and doing SAT prep. The right. poor underserved students, you know, same kind of results they're seeing, which we're very, very, very proud of. And I, I, I like talking about this because it's important to my team. 
we carve out 75% of the partnerships that I do, which is not big. We're, we're a huge team of three people trying to cover the entire country. Mm. But 75% of the districts we part with, we've given ourselves a mandate that they have to be a minimum of 50% free and reduced lunch with a preferred target of 75% free and reduced lunch. Okay. Just because that, that's a, a good barometer for students of need. It's the best thing we kind of have. Sure. So that, that, that allows us to work for, you know, with districts that are performing well because we don't want to cast them off either. But about three-fourths of the districts we work with are, are districts with you know, measurable need, which uh, is very important to us. Okay, so that's kind of your target yeah. that you're hoping to serve. Exactly, or yeah. give your most support to. More often is it the st- is it the teachers, the administrators, who is connecting with Khan or who is thinking that's a great option and bringing that into the conversation? Is it typically the school board? Where do you see that request coming yeah, from? Yeah, it, it really varies. My preference is to always start with the superintendent because if you okay. can get the superintendent like David, who's a visionary here and has buy-off, that just makes my life easier. Right. Um, the day-to-day contacts are usually, they vary, but they could be you know, a, a soup of curriculum instruction, more often than not, it's some kind of math lead. So, for example, in Centennial, we have Josh and Connor. Mm-hmm. They're really district math leads focused on con. Okay. So those would be the guys that I would interact like on a daily basis where, mm-hmm. hey, Jason, something's broken. I have a question. Dave is the stuff that I go to the, you know, I go to the big stuff for David. We need the data protection agreement in place. Um, you know, we want to get in front of principals so he can coordinate that. Um, questions about what we're going to do the next year, those kind of high-level questions are work well with a district contact. And then day-to-day, it's really the teachers who are implementing the things on the ground and, and using us with their students on a daily basis. And you've had um, good buy-in, I'm guessing, from those various levels. Yeah, I mean, con- the, the advantage of working at Con, which is part of the reason I joined <laughs> in a sales role, is that it's uh, the brand name is really, really good. So it's very, you know, rare that you meet someone that has not at least heard of Khan. I would agree. And has a generally positive feeling about it. And mm-hmm. it's really easy to sell something free into schools, so that yeah. always goes well. Um, it, we, I don't, I have, I've never had anyone say, no, I don't want to work with you. It's usually an issue around timing. And we're very selective about who we partner with. So one example I'll give you is we don't partner with school districts. We don't partner newly with the school districts that's rolling out a new curriculum. Because year one, Teachers are overwhelmed. You can imagine we're putting in a new math curriculum, and now here comes the district telling me I have to learn con on top of that. That's not setting those teachers up for success, and mm-hmm. it's setting up them to feel, uh, you know, pressured by us and the district to do that. So there's there's issues like that that we'll look at before we partner with the district. Um, but really, we're there to support the teachers, work through an implementation strategy, talk to the district folks. Is there a pain point? You know, is algebra one students the ones that they're lacking? Let's focus our partnership on that. But whatever we do, we're very careful to make sure that we get teachers that are buying in. Because if it gets jammed down their throat, they're going to be resistant. That's not going to work. So you know, Centennial's done a great job where they didn't do district-wide mandate and said everybody's doing con today. It was really a grassroots guerrilla approach where Josh and Con came in, David brought them in. They started engaging with teachers, preaching mm-hmm. the value, and the number of teachers using. I was just looking at the data before I came in with Dave. The number of teachers is growing each year because they feel the buy-in versus jamming it down their throat and telling them they have to use it. And you mentioned implementation periods, so there is implementation strategy and training or orientation involved. Absolutely, that's a key part to what we do. So the ideal scenario, you know, whether it's you know the superintendent or whoever is going to be our district lead, we will sit down and try to identify what area or areas we want to focus on. And it, it varies from part, from district to district. It could be very broad, could it, like an Irvine Unified where I'm working. 
it's math across the board. They really wanted a, you know something that goes district wide. Um, in other districts, it's pain points. So the students transitioning from middle school to high school or elementary to middle school, those those students are lacking skills. So we can target those grade levels specifically to focus on that. Uh, in other uh, districts, it might be AP, right? The AP courses we're working on. And then we try to work on an implementation strategy to our best understanding. Are all these teachers doing the same thing? Does everybody do a centers-based rotation model? Okay, let's train the teachers that this is gonna be baked into your centers model. Are some of the two teachers gonna be using it for homework? We'll train them on that. And then the key piece of what we do is we come in for a half day of professional development. Again, no charge, we don't charge for that. My team comes out and around the back to school time period, we will do training of all those teachers that are interested in participating. How to use Khan, here's the new tools, here's the features, here's how we think you should mm -hmm. use it from an implementation strategy. And then we have follow-up trainings. Might just be a webinar for an hour, but we check in throughout the year to make sure those teachers are feeling supported and understand how to use Khan with their students. So there's some good follow-up there to Absolutely. keep that momentum going. For sure, because we don't want to see that drop off, right? And the other pieces we were, which we're working with Dave right now is data sharing, right? So giving the district enough data mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, not just see the teachers and students are using it, but also measure those results uh, to be able to quantify, you know, how well the partnership is working. And that I would think serves as incentive, even when they're seeing those measurable outcomes. Yeah, and I, I mean, love to throw it over Dave, but I mean, you know, Dave, I think, is starting to see additional buy-in, both within his district and other local districts, based on the results that they're seeing from some of those yeah. standardized tests. So, Dave, I'll toss it to you as well. Um, if school districts are considering partnering with Khan or think that it might be the right partnership, are, what are the points for them to consider in this, you know, in this decision to kind of look into it? What do you think are some of the points they should consider? What's necessary? Well. Teacher buy-in is huge, mm -hmm. and no program ever rolls out with 100% teacher buy-in. So they can start with the teachers who are already using Khan and who are robust users, and they can nurture and support and shine the bright light of success on them. And then they can really talk about those successes. And then they can, you know, the, the data piece is important because when you start showing students success, um, other teachers start going, hey, we want that. So we do something called map testing, which is also aligned with Khan. Um, but we do that three times a year because the PSSAs in Pennsylvania are useless. You can't change direction. You don't get useful information from it. When you do get it, it's too late to make a difference in the kid's life. Sure. And it takes a huge amount of time to administer, administer that test. Mm -hmm. With Khan, we know right away where every kid is and what they need to work on. With the map testing, we have a test that correlates to PSSA, and then we can customize their learning plan that way. And then you can say to a teacher, if you're a principal, hey, I see in Jason's class, the kids are doing you know, 10 points better on map test on average than, than in Dave's class, what are you doing? And Jason would say, well, I'm using Khan Academy 30 minutes a week for homework, you know, and I give kids credit for that. And they would be like, oh, I might try that. And so success breeds success. So we started with one math interventionist, Connor Corey, who is sort of self-trained in, in Khan and is a, just a Khan guru, Khan whisperer, if you will. <laughs> and he was really successful. And we ran a pilot in one out of three elementary schools. And we saw huge growth in student scores, but also teacher buy-in in the teaching of math and kid appreciation and learning for math. We went mm -hmm. out, we got a second Khan guy the next year, and then we spread them across three schools. And then the middle schools were like, well, wait a minute, we want some of that. This year we added a third math interventionist, and it's all con all the time in terms of support. And we're running several different math curriculums, 
becomes, supplements and supports and extends what we're doing in the classroom. And so that's really powerful. And what's happening is the research and, and the in the field results are kids are getting better at math. They're not intimidated by it. They have strategies to figure out problems. That alone is worth, you know, all we're paying con for. So, um, you like that? Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good. It's a good one. But, um, you know, but that alone is getting the success and the buy-in, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so we have, you know, so many teachers starting to use it. Three years ago, they were like, yeah, I used it a little bit with my kid when they were in school and they were having trouble. But now they're coming to us going, you know, I really like this. It's making a difference in our kids' lives. And how great is that if, as a teacher, you're able to impact your kids in real time. They can see the success. You can see the success. And in Centennial, we include the families. So the families are seeing the success. So if you speak Russian or Spanish or even Urdu, you've got online support. So mom and dad can get Khan in Spanish. They can get it in Russian and they can help the kids understand the program, the, the problem rather. So yeah, I think that's, a, I love when Dave talks about this. We get, you know, we talk at the district and the school board level, we get so wrapped up in standardized test scores because ultimately that's how everyone's evaluated for yes. better or for worse. But what we're very, very proud of is that we empower those students. So, so much of math is students just feeling frustrated. And one of the things Sal talks about is he hates it when he hears people say, I'm just not a math person, right? He, he does not believe that, that you know, for any, any subject for that matter. But students should never say, I'm not a math person. And the beauty of Khan, because it's differentiated and personalized and meets them where they are, it's going to empower them to start doing great. You know, it may be two or three grade levels behind to start, but it's going to start to build those foundational skills and make those students feel confident, right? So standardized test scores aside, the fact that we're making students feel comfortable and, and um, you know, positive about their, their attempts and work in math is, is probably the biggest win for us. And I, I love telling this story because the guys in Centennial did this in the middle school. Um, they started at the middle school, and I think everyone, it's twice a week, they drop everything what they're doing, and they UConn for 30 minutes a week. And it's Across the school. PE, science, teacher, whatever. Every teacher, every classroom. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. And so what was great is they had some like seventh grade students, but they knew that they were like probably three, four grade levels behind, right? And so you have an issue. Do you want to like make those students feel funny because they're doing con? So what they did, they started the entire school in kindergarten math, right? Everybody's going to start out, we're going to do kindergarten math and progress your way up. That way those struggling students really felt like, well, I'm just starting in kindergarten like everybody else is. So they didn't feel like outcast. And anyone doing kindergarten math is going to start to build those foundational skills. So sure, the advanced students are going to plow through three or four grade levels really, really fast. Right. But those students that are struggling are going to start to immediately feel some success and going to want to proceed and build their levels up, even if it's at a slower pace. But I really love that example. That's one of my favorite implementation strategies I've heard of with the partners I'm working with. Because again, empowering those students um, to feel like they can um, progress is, is really, really meaningful. And not having them feel as if they're being pulled out. Exactly. And, right. You know, exactly. shamed in some manner or potentially. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I've heard you mention several times, you know, not feeling intimidated, um, bringing the families into it. Maybe it's families that English is a second language and the families can be brought in in a way where they can help the students. It really sounds like such an inclusive approach to education. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I know Centennial's done some stuff where they have the parents actually go through the subject. And we hear that a lot. Like, you know, I may be um, a, a parent, but I don't know a lot about fourth grade math. It seems easy, but I don't know a lot about it. 
why don't you That's go do true. our fourth grade math mission, right? You can go right. through your fourth That's grade true. math mission, learn those concepts, and you can turn around and then uh, do them with your kid. So the platform's free for everybody. It's not just students. Uh, mm -hmm. Their teachers go through yeah. it as well, I think. As a school district, we really reward and incentivize um, participation, but mm -hmm. not just participation, mastery. So like kids work for t-shirts, they work for sweatshirts. We have teachers working for sweatshirts. We have parents, hey, I want my fifth grade con sweatshirt. You know, right. so parents sure. are, you know, and, and then, you know, and, and of course it says, yes, I con and uh, on the sweatshirt, right. you know, and, and it's pretty cool. Um, but when you get that kind of community buy-in and that kind of community expectation, it's really hard to say no to it, you know, and, and because we're backfilling, you know, kids move around, they miss stuff. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of trauma in their life and they'll miss a, a week or two or several months or some, some kids miss a year or two because there's just so much trauma in their lives that they can't pay attention in school. This allows, our process allows them to backfill and then move forward when they're ready. So when the kids are, who are, are nailing it, they can nail it, they can work ahead because it's individualized and it's personalized. But you know, if you're missing you know, quadratic equations or if you're missing you know, two-digit multiplication, whatever, you can spend some time on that. You can watch the videos, you can work to mastery, and then when you've got it, you move on. And that's an incredibly powerful tool for a teacher to be able to support you know, 25 kids sitting in front of them. Absolutely, and those gaps of information can be so critical and so critically detrimental, you know, especially right. in a subject like math, where yeah. you're building upon, yeah, you know. It's sequential, it's mm -hmm. logical, you know, yeah. you've got to have the base. And the, the, the beauty of our mastery program is you can drill down to a skill level, right? It's great to say, okay, you know, Johnny's got 45% mastery of fourth grade math. Well, what does that mean? He's just yeah. progressed through. What's but you can drill down to units, multiplication and division, and then within there are various skills. So as, as much as the teacher wants to, they can actually drill down and see which skills and gaps there are and then target intervention based on that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners who want to know more about Khan, where should they go for information? Um, well, the website's free to everybody. So if you Great. go to khanacademy.org, you can sign up for an account, whether you're a learner or a teacher. Everything's totally free. You can sign up as many teachers and classes as you want. If you're interested in working with us uh, on a district level, uh, the best email is schoolpartnerships at khanacademy.org. And I or someone from my team uh, will get back to you and figure out how best uh, to support your, your use of Khan going forward. Yeah. Great. So, Dr. Ba, Jason, I want to thank you both for taking time today to talk with us on Keystone Education Radio. My pleasure. Thanks it's for a real us. pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. And listeners, I encourage you to go to our website at keyedradio.org for more information and resources supporting today's discussion. This is Annette Gray saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.